studies have shown that I think it's 91% of us trust reviews we read online just as much as our friends say. So we, we trust our basically strangers is just as much as our friends. And then 93% of consumers say online reviews impact their purchase decisions. So there's a couple more stats. Welcome to the Holistic Nutrition Hub podcast. I'm here with Miranda Barrett, a former sports journalist turned copywriter who works with purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are ready to stand out and grow their business. She specializes in creating powerfully persuasive websites and case study copies for both business-to-business and business-to-customer businesses. That was a mouthful. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Her secret talent is uncovering a good story, helping businesses connect, captivate, and convert on autopilot. Welcome to the podcast, Miranda. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm really excited about our conversation because copywriting is a subject that comes up very often in... (laughs) Uh, any entrepreneur's life really, but in a nutritionist's life, in a personal trainer's life, whoever. And that word gets thrown around quite a bit. And I tried to find the definition of copywriting before we met today. And (laughs) I can't find a distinctive one. So I was hoping to get your philosophy and definition on copywriting. I don't, I don't know if there is a, is a definition, but like if you're to compare it to say content writing, Content is more like you're blogging, you're kind of, you're educating. I like to think as content where um, copywriting is more for a purpose. So it may be website copy, it may be sales copy, um, landing page, stuff like that where uh, content writing would be more of your blog, your social media, that kind of stuff. So they are, um, I don't want to say more, copywriting is more sales driven, but um it's like your brand writing, your brand story, that kind of stuff is kind of what, you know, I would say it is, but you could ask another copywriter and they could have a different, different answer. <laughs> so would you say it's fair to say that, you know, content writing is on your blog, social media, and then your brand story is really copywriting on your website? Your yeah, statement? I was. Yeah. So, and like, I, I, I do specialize in, in the, in the web copy and in the case studies. So that's more the, the copywriting. Perfect. So you said something really important back there, brand story. And another thing we hear a lot as entrepreneurs when we're building our website, whatever, um, is that everybody has a story and that you should tell it when you're running a business as well. You can tell me if it's as an entrepreneur or as any business, Um, you know, what is the true power of storytelling? Well, um, every brand yes has has a story and i think it's it's important to get your story out there because it's unique and that's how you connect with your audience um when it comes to case studies storytelling it's even i find it's even more powerful because when you think about it um we've been surrounded by stories pretty much since birth Um, as children we are read to from an early age Um, we continue to read as we grow up Um, for instance, in school, or we do it for enjoyment. Um, So stories are part of us and they're everywhere, which is why we connect with them so well. So when you break it down, um, when you say use a case study or a customer success story in your business, they're powerful assets because 
They help your audience connect to your business or your product or your service um, and makes it uh, helps the reader be engaged and makes it more relatable. So basically storytelling in, in when it comes to say case studies um, is it shows how real life customers overcame a problem or conflict in their life by using your product or service. Um, so what this does is it not only keeps the reader engaged, but it makes, like I said, your story relatable. Um, when your prospects can picture themselves in your customer's shoes, they can better see themselves having that positive outcome after working with you as well, using your product or service. Um, and, it because, and because it comes from your customer's perspective, it makes it a really powerful third-party endorsement. Right. So do you want to just define what a case study is and like what you would put into it if you were to do one for somebody? Absolutely. So what is a case study? That's a great question. Um, I like to think of a case study as a glorified testimonial, but written using a longer format. So I guess you could call it a longer form testimonial. Um, typically, case studies run between 500 and 800 words in length, um, and they're told using the story format. So the beginning, middle and end, or in this case, a problem solution transformation format. Uh, case studies are um, referred to as, like I said, customer success stories, uh, customer reviews, or even testimonials. But they, like I said, they're written with a lot more detail um, than just your average testimonial. When it comes to the look and feel, of a case study, they use a lot of descriptive language, which helps the read, reader really relate to the story and kind of feel like they are in the customer's shoes. So that's the goal when you're writing a case study, you want to connect with your audience on a deeper level. So on an emotional level, um, oftentimes you'll see case studies done up in a PDF format um, using the business's logo, their color scheme, and then of course, images of the customer which is the hero in the story, um, as well as any industry photos that may be relevant to the topic and content. So in a nutshell, I'd say that's kind of what a case study is. But like we said, it's all about storytelling. I'm going to throw in a, a trick question. You ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so Sean and I really enjoy storytelling. We think it's one of the most important um, aspects of life and how we learn our values and morals. So. We really love, you know, mythological stories and theological stories. Um, and you mentioned the hero. So when you're writing a case study, you said that the customer is the hero. What's the what's the entrepreneur's role in that story? Are you also a hero? I'm curious. Yeah, I, I guess you're kind of both the hero, but the, the the focus on the case study is you're taking the that customer's story and and helping the, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a customer, it's a customer's story that you're telling. So that, that's why I kind of say they're the hero of the story. The, the business is definitely the hero too, because they're coming to the rescue, right? Yeah. So there's, I guess there's kind of, yeah, there's, there's two heroes in the story, but the focus is definitely on the customer um, because that's what makes it relatable to your audience. Yeah. That's what you're selling. Like you said, the yeah. format is really sales in this case, instead of, trying to educate, I guess, with a social post or, you know, a blog right. post. And, and there's definitely education in case studies because you are, you know, as part of the solution, like I said, it's problem solution transformation. The solution part is definitely where you kind of throw in some education of maybe um, 
what's involved in the service or what they, you know, what are the benefits and the features and the takeaways of what they got out of it. So there's definitely some education part in there as well. Um, it's not completely sales. That's why I kind of refer to it as, as storytelling, because you are telling the story and, and helping the audience relate to that story and making them feel like they're in that customer's shoes. Right. And so we talked a lot about social proof here. Like it's a customer's, well, it's a customer's journey through your business process is essentially, you wrote a really good one for the Holistic Nutrition Hub on how, you know, our platform users can gain what was it? 60% on the speed of their intake uh, with clients and um, yes. other little tidbits of fun. But um, <laughs> what does this social proof really do? And like, well, I'll ask you why it's important in a minute, but what is it really for? Well, I think we all remember here hearing the saying growing up, if you know all your friends jumped off a bridge, you would too, or some version of that saying. So because as a society, we, we have such a herd mentality. Um, as consumers, we've been shown to follow the trends and actions of others before us as well. So many of us go online and look at reviews before making a purchase these days, which is where the social proof comes in. Um, social proof impacts people's buying decisions, both positively and negatively. You know, if you have if you're online and you find a business and they have a ton of negative reviews, you're probably not going to buy from them. Um, but it has the opposite effect. If you have a ton of uh, positive reviews, you are more likely to trust that company, right? So those testimonials and success stories and customer reviews really help um, as consumers us make more informed buying decisions, um, which is why we depend on them so much. So. When it comes to something like a cold audience, social proof really warms um, them up just by them hearing stories about customers like them. So it shows your prospects the value of your product or service without you, the business, having to try to convince them of it. It also shows real people that have already put your product or service to the test. Um, there's, I think I mentioned in a blog post recently that there's an interesting study that was done by B2B marketing that said that 94% um, of uh, consumers went online to scope out other customer reviews before even making like their final purchase decision. So when you think about it, that's a huge, that's a huge number right there that just goes to show how important other people's opinions are, even if they're strangers. And I know for myself, I go online and I check out reviews all the time before I make it a purchase, but especially if it's a business or um a product that I don't have any experience with. Do you find you do the same? Well, I was thinking of a story actually, and I know this, you know, percentage, 94% check reviews online. And if you're an online practitioner, it's super important to have these reviews. But um, little is known about the fact, well, I try and tell people a lot that I actually used to sell cars for a living. And, <laughs> you know, funny, right? Um, I, know, I, I never like, knew. <laughs> eight months pregnant waddling around selling cars um but it's really taught me a lot about the sales process but also I was working in the internet department and so we would have people check prices at three or four dealerships yeah um and then come in with the flyers and see if they could wiggle the price down and then they go to another dealership see if they could wiggle the price down and uh 
I always found that because we were able to give those really good reviews from other customers, we often were able to obviously match the price, but also give them that kind of, we were able to sell them on the story and on the personality and the brand and all of those things before go to somebody else. And so I think that's really taught me how important it is to tell people, tell your story share, you know, share the work that you do, because if you're not sharing it, like what, what's the, what's the point? People are all people know, right? Yeah. People are all shy about the knowledge that they have. And we all have imposter syndrome when we first, you know, start working, um, well in the nutrition field and as an entrepreneur and it's, uh, the story is the captivating part. Um, so that is why it's important, you know, and it makes it relatable, right? Like when you're exactly. in the nutrition business, um, it makes you relatable to, uh, your clients. You know, if you suffered with the same, um, let's say celiac disease, right. If you've gone through it, then you can connect better with somebody that say has no idea and just, you know, read all the textbooks and, and doesn't really have that, have a story behind them and why they got into it and whatnot. Right. Exactly. Relatable, but also showing them that, you know, you've gone through the process of kind of testing the solution, not only on a customer, customer, but most likely on yourself. Your story is most likely what led you to being a holistic nutritionist in the first place. Right. And there's thousands, millions of people out there like that in the world. Um, So sharing that I think is very, very valuable. Um, So how else can, well, I kind of just touched on why it would be resourceful for a sales team. Do you have something (laughs) to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like case studies are so important for a sales team. And and maybe if you're a solopreneur, you are the sales team, right? Um, So they, they come in really handy for, say, a discovery call with a potential client because they really help create that trust and credibility, which in turn increases your customer's confidence in your business. So um, it's, it's important not to leave it to your customer to figure out the value of your product or service, but instead show them people that they can relate to and then take them on that journey. And that journey, of course, is done through the storytelling. So depending on um, what you're selling, Um, You may have a few different case studies that you can pull from highlighting the various problems your prospects might have. Um, Maybe you run, let's say you run two different nutrition programs and one's for new mothers and one's for women that are 50 plus. Well, your new mothers aren't necessarily going to be able to relate to your uh, program designed for your older patients. So having case studies that you can pull from that most resemble the problem that they're facing or where they are in their life makes it more relatable, um, which allows them to envision themselves with a positive outcome as well after working with you. So, but if you only have one main product or service, even having like one or two case studies um, ready to go in your marketing toolbox is, is probably definitely enough. But yeah, if you have a whole bunch of different services um, or programs, um, having having some in each just, it makes it relatable, right? Right, for sure. So the other benefit of having a case study is that it works really well as an evergreen (laughs) on your website. Now, I know most people are like, evergreen is a type of tree. How does it get on my (laughs) website? Um, So what does evergreen actually mean in the world of marketing? So when it comes to marketing, when you talk about being evergreen, it just means that it can be used multiple times 
um, whether it's during the sales process or on repeat um, with different prospects along the way. So it can be used over and over again. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be a new blog post that say expires or, you know, it's no, no longer relevant. So no matter what you're selling, customers are always going to be on the lookout for testimonials and customer reviews. Um, which helps them trust your business enough to give them your money. And that's ultimately what you want, why you're in business, right? You're, you're in business to help people um, and to obviously get some revenue. So really, they're going to be able to sell on your behalf for years to come. And that's what evergreen means. Yeah. And I don't know if you know the answer to this. I assume because you're writing case studies and you're using words that are key words in that person's business, it would work as a great uh would you suggest it as a blog post to be evergreen on there? And then yeah. it's got a good word count for SEO too. So yeah. do you try and tie these keywords in for SEO to work optimally? Um, I don't for the actual case studies. Um, if I'm doing a blog post for them as well, because it, a blog post would be written a little bit differently than, than a case study would be with like the headers and stuff like that. But you definitely could, um, and, and we can talk about all the different ways you can repurpose it too. But a lot, using it uh, towards a blog post is definitely one of the ways you can repurpose it. Right. Awesome. Yeah. And I think it's a great way, like if you do put it on as a blog post to use these, these keywords mm -hmm. um, to help with that evergreen process, of course, too, at the top. Absolutely. Of the yeah. Yeah. And okay. So how does somebody go about choosing the best participant for this case study? Because obviously you have to have a happy customer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. You want somebody that's basically the example of your happiest customer. Um, they also should have a relatable story that your audience can connect to. So they need to, and they need to be willing to share their story in detail as vulnerable as it may be. Um, if you want someone, you want someone that's going to give you more than just a yes or no answers or short answers. You really want them to love your product or service so much that they can't help but you know, talk to their friends about it, talk to their family about it. You know, you don't have to convince them that it was the right thing for them to do or, or to, you know, take that chance on jumping in your program. Um, and you want them to be able to talk about how it's changed their life. You can usually find a good prospect based on um, maybe the testimonial that they've written um, or even the, your interactions with them when you guys work together. So, and of course, the, the one thing is they have to be willing to participate because not everyone will feel comfortable enough to want to do it. Right. So you have to have almost more than one happy customer so that you yeah. have some choice. I think testimonials are a huge benefit. And I often recommend that even when people are just starting out their businesses, that they, you know, ask friends and families to run through their program first, and mm -hmm. then they have a viable person or two that might be willing to share their story. And they don't need to know like, Oh, I was Susie's mom, but no, you know, exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, at least have somebody who's willing to share. And I usually use it as an incentive, like, Hey, I'll give you my program and work with you through it for free. And then we have this amazing testimonial for your business. And that was kind of the trade-off is that they get exactly a positive review. So that kind of asks, I'm going to ask you then how else can you repurpose them if we have a blog post and well, testimonials on your website? <laughs> um, 
There's, I actually have an ebook that outlines 16 different ways um, that you can repurpose them that I'll, I'll touch on at the end. But off the top of my head, some of the ways you can do is um, you can put them in your email marketing campaigns and your newsletters. You can add them to say like, a, like on your email signature, you can put a little snippet with a link back to your website to read the full case study. Um, like we said, we can reuse them in blog posts and even printed articles. Uh, provide them to your sales team for presentations and pitches, which, which we also talked about. Um, and then repost them on all your social media channels. So that's just a few of the different ways. Um, and it's actually been shown that case studies have more return on investment than any other content. So that says a lot because so many businesses put so much time and money and effort into things like blogging and social media um, marketing and email marketing. Um, so it's, it's really good to at least get some case studies in that um, marketing toolbox. Um, right. And another good reason to, for the repurposing is that it says, um, they say that it takes on average about set your consumer to hear your message about seven times before it actually sinks in and they hit that purchase or that buy button. So the more you get them out there uh, in front of your audience, the better. Right. Um, do you have any more stats on like the return on investment for the case studies? Like, I know, like if you create a case study, like how many customers, you know, percentage wise, you can hope to kind of gain or anything like that. Well, more, I have a few more stats. I'm not sure about the return on investment, but I know, it, um, studies have shown that I think it's 91% of us trust reviews as much as like reviews we read online just as much as our friends say so we we trust our basically strangers is just as much as our friends and then 93 percent of consumers say online reviews um, impact their purchase decisions so there's a couple more stats that i'm not sure about the return on investment one no but, but um, i think it's i think it's important and i can share another little story here that kind of just proves my point um I guess where I was going with that, for example, is when we moved to Switzerland, uh, we had already kind of started into the holistic nutrition hub and learned about, you know, marketing and putting yourself on Google and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And when we got here, nobody has Google for, well, maybe they have Google for their business, but there's zero reviews. So there's nothing. So when Sean moved here as a personal trainer, he was able to, you know, obviously had to move his Google business over here and restart. But, you know, with the reviews he had previously, he became the number one personal trainer found in the area because of these reviews. And he's like gaining more traction each month because people are clicking on him. Right. You know, and so we we're always shocked, like when he actually gets somebody off of Google, but we can only assume it's because, you know, he's sitting there with the five stars uh, with the reviews and everything. And so it is such an important, I mean, people are not gentle online, <laughs> you know, not, like if no. they hate your stuff, people They'll are going to say, yeah, so exactly. So you got to try and get the positive reviews as fast as you can is how I, um, <laughs> how I imagine it too. Right. And then when you talk about a return on investment, the fact that they are evergreen and you can repurpose them in so many ways that really makes them a no brainer to, to use. Right. That's a really valuable point. There is something to say for how difficult it is to come up with all your social media stuff every week, <laughs> every day, a new blog like, all the time, a yeah. new blog all the time. And then you have, you know, your clients on top of it. And it's, 
like I said, it's not a gentle process, but that work once it's done works for you. And it is, it's invaluable really at that point because absolutely you can go back to it and there's nothing that says that you can't repost about it numerous times and you should, right? Um, absolutely. And like I said, it takes, you know, on average seven times for people to even it, it to sink in for them to actually want to go and say, okay, I trust this business enough after reading all these reviews and stuff to purchase from them. Right. Right. For sure. So I want to ask you then, what should be included in this case study um, off the top of your head? <laughs> okay. There's, there's so many things that should be included in the case study, but um, definitely some of the, the really important ones are you want to include really um, strong quotes from your customer. Um, like we said, they're the hero in your story. So you want some strong quotes from your customer. Also make sure to use descriptive language that your audience can really connect to and almost envision themselves in. So the more details, the better when it comes to a case study. Uh, talk about the pain points of your customer. This is kind of where your audience will actually connect it and that's what will draw them in. Um, make sure to have a good strong headline and a hook, which again is your, your pain points, which will help reel the reader in, um, including photos um, to make the customer case study more engaging and credible. Um, and they're also eye-catching photos as well, right? You just don't want a big blank, you know, big page of white and text. Um, yeah. So if you can't get photos from your customer, um, the customer being interviewed, make sure you find some that represent your featured customer's business. And then I would say lastly, make sure to include as much information about the customer as possible to make it credible. So this can include their name, their photo, their title, their business, um, but it, what you include is essentially going to depend on what type of case study you're conducting, but getting as much information as possible is important. All right. So now would you recommend that the average person just wing this <laughs> or should they hire a professional? Well, of course I'm going to say hire a professional. Of course you are. <laughs> um, and there's a couple reasons for that. Um, I find that customers are hesitant to give raw, honest answers to the actual business. Um, so it's always wise to source out if you can, even if it just comes to the interview portion of the case study to have someone else, an outside source do it. Um, you don't want the customers to feel like they are feeling pressured to say nice things because you, the business owner are talking to them. Um, right. I, also, I also find that a business, um, when a business is too close to their own product or service, they aren't always receptive to negative feedback. Um, and the last thing you want to do is uh, be defensive during the interview or make them feel uncomfortable, right? Plus an outside source is really going to dig into the pain points that you may overlook as a business owner because you are so close to the product or service that you're selling or offering. Um, an outside party, in this case, a copywriter, um, also helps bring a fresh perspective to what you're offering because what you'll find is they don't use the um, insider business jargon that you may, um, which may make your consumer not fully understand even what you're talking about. So it really just breaks it down to the most basic level when it comes to both the, the interview and even writing the case study itself. So the great thing about hiring someone is that after a, a brief email introduction between the customer and the copywriter, 
all the work is basically taken off your hands. So for instance, when I am working with a client, I just ask them to do a quick email introduction between the customer and myself. And then they take the rest, take it from there. So I take care of the setting up of the interview with the customer. I take care of writing all the copy and um, I actually send the first draft of the case study to the customer to get their approval because it's really important to get their approval first to make sure that I didn't misquote or misrepresent or maybe completely not hear what they're saying at all. So um, I get their approval. And then what the, the client gets back is a nicely formatted case study that they can repurpose in a variety of ways throughout their marketing plan. So it's kind of a, it's a no brainer, but I, you definitely could, you know, do it yourself, but there's, uh, definitely some downsides to trying to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think people, well, I'm going to generalize here. I think a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is to write and to make sense of what you're putting. You know, if you got anything less than like 90% in English 12, <laughs> I would recommend that you probably shouldn't be writing your copyright for your website. It is very tricky and you know, I'm still learning and I, I love writing. I'm very like, but I'm a blogger, like I'm a blogger. I'm not a copywriter. I know a bit about sales, but still having that perspective on, on your business from somebody else's point of view was really helpful. When you wrote our case study, we had, you know, like I said, it was the, the amount of onboarding time was reduced. I never would have, well, I did think of it. I think when, obviously when I was creating the hub, but it's right. something that got lost in the, in the noise of making a business instead of being the holistic nutritionist using our platform. So it was a really good way of, you know, picking up what we can speak to our customers about in right. terms of like onboarding. And stuff they may time. be suffering that you like suffering from yeah. that you may not even realize. Right. Yeah. And I use a different word, you know, like I, I say create a process. And so that to me means like use these forms to create a package that <laughs> creates a process for you, which is technically onboarding, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a process. <laughs> but using so, their, using their words also like on your website, even it it helps draw in that relatable, you know, audience, right? Like they right. using creative process, they may not be like, well, what's that? What does that mean? Yeah. And I think there's also something valuable to say, like when you are starting your business, there is a lot of things that the DIY really works for, but there's certain things that I think spending a little bit of money to invest in to really, you know, be able to effectively sell because that's, what's ultimately going to make you money um, is really <laughs> important, you know, like getting the jargon, right? Like you said, that is relatable instead of just you thinking, using some big words that they're like, well, what is, what, what does what that mean? mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so what do you have coming up in the next little while that you might want to share, uh, with our, well, our listeners? Uh, well, I'm working on a couple things right now. The first thing I'm working on is I'm working on a free email offering, which is a testimonial gathering template package. So if your business is in the very beginning stages or you're just getting your feet wet with clients, it's going to be a great introduction to how um, to successfully ask for the testimonials mm -hmm. with a template of the kinds of questions to ask, uh, tips on the best place to put those testimonials, whether it's on your website, your social media, um, email marketing. 
Um, and then tools I use to send out the testimonial ask, both free and paid versions, as well as an email template that you'll actually send to your clients um, for the actual testimonial ask that doesn't make you come off as sounding desperate or needy. Um, and then how to know if those testimonials that you have gathered should be investigated further and turned into a case study. So that's what I'm currently working on. Um, otherwise, I know I mentioned the uh, ebook about the 16 ways to repurpose your case studies. So if anyone's interested in that, they can simply just send me an email. Uh, my email is hello at mirandabarrett.com and I will send it their way. Um, and then they can start getting the most out of the case studies and testimonials they currently have. Other than that, I'm just been bu keeping busy with clients. Awesome. Do you have social media platforms where they can find you as well? I do. Um, I am on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, my handle is copy by Miranda. I'm fairly new to Instagram. Like I just popped on Instagram within the last month and a half, I think it's been. So I'm very, fairly new on there. So if Instagram's your thing, come and follow me on Instagram. Um, otherwise, you can always check out my website at mirandabarrett.com. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation today. And I want to say thank you so much for being here and your great um, work that you've done with us too. Um, we will be having a blog post go out as well as this going out on YouTube. So be sure to stay tuned and I will put links to all of Miranda's social media and her email address there as well. Thank you so much for having me today, Lynn.